podcasts about the first 100 episodes of Seinfeld are over, but we are just getting started here on the recap of the Seinfeld 100th episode special here on the Seinfeld Poster Recap, a poster recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who have literally spent at this point hours and hours and hours on end talking about nothing. I am Rob Sestrero. Here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, was that the worst intro we've done? Uh, it was the longest, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very rambling. <laughs> it was a real encapsulation of this 100 episodes of this podcast. You could have just like put the highlights of the first 99 intros in, and it would have been better. Right. That's what we should have done. Of course, this is not yet our 100th podcast. Uh, that is still to come. Uh, in a couple of weeks because there's been a couple of double episodes of the Seinfeld podcast. But this is the recap of the Seinfeld 100th episode slash thoughts on 100 episodes of Seinfeld podcast. So we're separating their achievement, not our achievement that's coming in a few weeks. Right. That'll be our big clip show of all of our best moments. But don't worry. People are going to hold you to that. (laughs) No, we're not doing a clip show. (laughs) Unless somebody could invent an algorithm of the funniest clips from this show. No, I don't think that's too much work. If the guy who's listened 11 times can track it the 12th time he listens, I feel like that would be helpful. If he had a list of like the top 10 best moments, uh, we, we, I, I think we could put that out. But it's just the, the legwork. We don't have. Yeah, what uh, if Falconer could track it based on your laugh? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't laugh like out loud so much, but it was like the the length or the loudness of your of your laugh like that is a funny bit, and that's what he's putting into the uh, into the clip show. Well, we can certainly ask him when we speak with him, Sean Falconer, the uh, chief researcher in in general uh, in terms of all of post show recaps, and Rob is a podcast in terms of what he's able to come up with. Uh, we can ask him about the possibilities of that. He has a number of different things that he has uh, created algorithms for recently, and uh, we will talk with him later on in the show. But the real star of this show is going to be your feedback, your voicemails, your emails, as we also discuss what was in the Seinfeld 100th episode spectacular. Kiva, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Did you ever think we'd get to 100 episodes? Boy, I guess it was sort of unimaginable at the time that we started. It just seemed like it would be so far out in the future. Right. It is hard to envision. And I, when we started, if people don't remember, like, we, I think we did a test the first season, which is five episodes. We did like a test run mm-hmm. and you gave yourself an out, which is smart because I was a stranger. And you said, we're going to do five episodes and, you know, whatever. If it, if it works, great. And if not, you know, that's it's canceled, basically. Yeah, you know, I do that a lot. And I think I need to make those sort of like uh, escalator clauses. I think they need to be like more tied into like, I'd be a terrible general manager and that much we know but i need to make it sort of like to have those contracts kick in like i think i did too many like omar minaya type things of like oh well it'll be based on plate appearances so what what was your mistake not not necessarily with this podcast probably with this podcast but what was your mistake in general like cutting it, it cutting podcasts that don't have enough listeners i think that agreeing to do too many podcasts that don't have enough time i think that, that i've agreed Somewhere along the way that I've agreed to do too much podcasting. I think that that is probably. Yeah, because people don't know, but you can only start podcasting. You you can only start new ones. You personally cannot end the podcast. It's very hard for me. I, I think that there's been very few examples where I have done that, where I have stopped podcasting about something. I mean, maybe if a show goes really off the tracks, more than the podcast itself. Like, right. The best case scenario the is the show gets canceled. That's really where it comes down. So to you're rooting for, other than Survivor. 
which pays the bills. You're basically rooting for every show to get canceled. I'm rooting for it. If like Amazing Race got canceled today, you wouldn't shed a tear. <laughs> I guess I would. <laughs> I, I, I love getting to podcast with Jessica. That's the, that's well, the best the, part. Well, the thing is, you just start a different podcast with Jessica. You yeah. never end up. But that would be yeah. the problem. That would be the problem. Okay, but this isn't about me. This is no. about what is going on here with the Seinfeld uh, 100th episode spectacular. Akiva, have you ever watched the Seinfeld 100th episode recap show other than when it was on originally? Sure. Yeah, it was like an exciting idea, you know, especially in syndication. You'd see, you know, 98, 99. Then this would come on and there was no YouTube. So if you wanted to see the Bubble Boy scene again, you had to wait like four months for it to show up on Fox or on, you know, the WB or whatever Seinfeld was airing on then. Or you could see... Or you could see it there like before now it would be there's one. That's one of the main reasons why you'd probably, you know, I could have researched this and I didn't. But I, I can't imagine. I think did the office do maybe a, a, a sort of a clips bit before their finale. There's been very few shows in the last decade or probably this century that have done them. I think they're pretty much extinct because you could just go on YouTube and see anything you want. From a clip, let alone you could watch any episode, you know, at any time. Right. I do think that it's more of a network show thing, especially like the hour before a finale or even the night before a finale to do some sort of big clip show retrospective. I think it's very uncommon, though, for a show to get to 100 episodes and then do this type of clip show. I I mean, again, now the shows that are getting to 100 episodes are, you know, much fewer and far between, especially in terms of sitcoms. But I do think that it's more unlikely that you do it. But that's a really interesting point about the YouTube-ness of everything and how we could just go back and watch highlight shows. I do feel like SNL does its fair share of highlight shows, though. Yeah, that was my one caveat. I was going to say that SNL. And also, like, yeah, I mean, it was, and not just clips. With Seinfeld, like, if I missed, like, I had never seen The Barber. And then it comes around, and let's say it was, like, a Friday night, and I didn't DVR it. And then, oh, I just have to wait, like, five more months, maybe, to have another shot at seeing the barber, which I, you know, which I had never seen. It was the last episode I ever saw for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just this, uh, y- you know, everything then was like, ooh, this is exciting. I get to see something I've never seen before. Whereas now, you know, we have binging and we know that we've seen, every, you know, every scene of every episode. Okay, well, let's just go through the Seinfeld 100th episode recap show and just talk about sort of like the broad strokes and the stuff that's in there. And I want to get your take on it because it's sort of framed around the whole sort of circumstances uh is it the pitch is that the episode yes the pitch and the ticket yeah right the pitch and the ticket where it's sort of like framed around the whole conversation which we've seen so many times of jerry and george in monks and they're talking about how they're going to go to nbc and pitch the show about nothing and sort of it's you know we see a piece of that conversation and then we cut the clips and then we come back and go back to more clips. do you like the way that that is set up and sort of structurally well they also had jerry come in to his apartment, I guess, you know, breaking the fourth wall, looking at the camera, but with no studio audience. So it's right. a little weird. He tells a joke and there's no laugh. I really did not like that, how they did that in the rewatch. Yeah, I think if you do that, you have a fate. Even if you have to, like, do the laugh track, the can't laugh track, you should do the, you know, because it takes you out of it a little bit. Right. But I think that it was really off-putting to me to see Jerry Seinfeld, the TV character, talk to me. I feel like if you did that now, I feel like that you would have to do it up hey, I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and this is the show that we've been making. It seemed really weird for him to be breaking the fourth wall, talking to me, 
as the TV character and not Jerry Seinfeld, the stand-up comedian, because he's talking about how, oh, I have these adventures with George and Elaine and Kramer. And I think that if you did that now, I think there's no question that it would be him talking as himself, talking about the other actors and the other people who work on the show. Right. And if you're going to do it, I guess have him sit more like they do in the DVDs, like sitting on at a table or in a chair, uh, not in his fake apartment from the show, because that's a little confusing. It, it's confusing, but it, but it, it shouldn't have been confusing because he is being Jerry Seinfeld, the TV character that is the house of the person that was talking to us, but suddenly is aware of the audience. Well, this is confusing. Do you think like if we ever get Jerry on the show, let's say we ask him, we actually get to him and he says no. Can we be like, what about Jerry Seinfeld, the TV show character? We, can we get him on the show? Yeah, that would be very interesting. So we really have two chances at Jerry. He's going Only one at Larry. And we could ask him about that, uh, Jerry, in the 100th episode special that you shot, in the interstitial opening that you had, was there any discussion of what character should you do this as? Should you be doing it as Jerry Seinfeld, the voice of the show, or should you be hosting this piece and breaking the fourth wall as the character? Because I think that was very confusing. Did, was Jerry the character then unaware? Did he forget that this happened? Uh, yeah, I think... It seems weird <laughs> that he would know there's an audience in one scene, but you would have to imagine when we come back and talk about the beard, Jerry, is he Zach Morris? Is he aware that we are watching the show as the person who is at the star of the show, where Zach Morris can sort of break the fourth wall and turn to camera and talk to us. It doesn't seem like Jerry has that ability any other times. He did wink at us at the end of the race, so maybe he does acknowledge that the audience is there and that he knows this is a sitcom. Yeah, it's a very good question, guys. I, I also think, you know, you bring up the Zach Morris, and that's for a different podcast, but it is, it's always interesting, like, does he have a finite amount of times that he's allowed to freeze the show? Because in the, in the series, there's hundreds of times where it would behoove Zach to freeze the show, to help himself out, to, you know, like punch a guy in the face who's gonna, like hitting on Kelly. Like, I don't understand why he's only he only loses at certain times, generally like building related times. That's a great point. Do you think that he had like <laughs> some sort of a genie wish where he got the ability to stop time like 17 times? I, I think it was maybe like it, re, it refreshes itself like once a week or once a month. Like he gets one per, you know, set amount of time. Okay, so he can't squander it. That Frank Underwood in House of Cards, he also breaks the fourth wall. He has no sort of like limitations on when he's allowed to do it. Wait, he talks to the, the camera in, in House of Cards? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm really not regretting never watching <laughs> a that lot. show. He's like, now nah, look, the, uh, these guys are a bunch of idiots. Uh, I've, yeah. I've come out as an anti-spaciite, so I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Well, uh, you're missing out. You're missing out. I think you'd like it. All right, maybe. When, when every other show has been exhausted, I'll yeah. House of Cards. After you watch the Big Bang Theory all the way through, I think you should watch House of Cards. I'm, I am binging Bang right now. Yeah. Oh, are you really? Wow, this no, is amazing. No. I hear it. I hear it in the background. <laughs> My wife exercises and she has it on. Uh, so I hear a lot of like I hear her laughing at the jokes, but I'm I'm I've never actually like seen a scene of the show. See, this would be interesting to watch. I'd like to get you hooked up to some sort of like heart rate monitor so we can sort of monitor what show did you enjoy more. You have to watch like uh, like five episodes of Big Bang Theory and five episodes of House of Cards. Which would you enjoy more? Why wouldn't I be honest about it? Why do you have to hook me up to a heart detector? Uh, I think that maybe you wouldn't even know. Maybe you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I really did like turns out that you like Big Bang Theory even more than you said. Yeah, I mean, my biases for Bing Bang Theory are, are, you know, were well stated, whereas House of Cards I'm pretty neutral on. Yeah. Other than I hate Spacey. <laughs> I wonder if your bias against uh, the Big Bang Theory, I feel like that if somebody that you are uh, also anti-nerd culture, and I feel like maybe that's part of your bias against the Big Bang Theory. Do you think it's because, like, deep down I know I'm a nerd? Yeah, so but I, you're I, like a self-loathing nerd. 
<laughs> oh, wait, you just called me a self-loathing nerd? Yeah, because I bet you're very you're very nerdy <laughs> about things like sports. Like you're a very particular type of nerd. But okay. I feel like that you are and you are anti-nerd culture that the nerd culture that rejects sports, I feel like. That if there's some sort of a Venn diagram of, you know, nerd culture that is, you know, approving of sports, you like it. But nerd culture that rejects sports, I feel like you don't like that. Oh, man. I just can't believe you called me. I'm still reeling that you called me a self-loathing nerd. Um, first of all, I don't think people who are obsessed with sports are nerds. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to say. But I don't th- I, I think it's a different category. Yeah. And also, what's the difference between a nerd and a geek and a dork? I don't even know. But you reject Star Wars. You reject Star Trek. Uh, you won't watch an episode of The Big Bang Theory. No superhero movies. No superhero movies. Right. Right. I, yeah, I, I hear, I'm more I, agnostic I, with the superhero movies. Yeah, but you also are a big sports fan. Yes. So are you a, are you, are you a self-loathing nerd? Well, what nerds am I hating? Yourself. <laughs> I, am, I am a self-loathing nerd, but I, I'm not self-loathing of nerd culture. Right. I'm, right. I'm self-loathing the nerd culture. P, actually, I had a friend when I was in eighth grade who used to call me the coolest nerd, which coolest I think he nerd. thought was a... He thought it was a compliment, but I think probably I took as an insult there. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think I'm a nerd. I was never bullied. That's the only thing I could think of that like makes someone. Uh, I would like. I would like the fans' opinions. You won't hurt my feelings. Uh, write in and let me know. Let us know if you think I'm a nerd or not. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, interesting. I hope I didn't insult you. I that was no. You didn't intention. insult me. You didn't. No. No. I, I took it as a self-loathing nerd as a compliment. Hmm. I mean, you you are a uh, person who has ranked thirty one breakfast cereals. I feel like oh, that, that's uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I guess it is the actions of the coolest nerd around. It's I I did, I did uh, he probably won't like me saying this, but Chester sent me like an espresh, an especially geeky spreadsheet <laughs> last night about like ranking every team. Uh, every baseball team's like all time team based on war, which is like an advanced statistic metric. Yeah. And then he like said like, oh, no, don't open it. It's like I only went back to 1911 and I realized there was like eight teams, uh, you know, that played in the 1890s. I have to redo it. And he was like legitimately mad. And I said to him, like, uh, it's a miracle that you're not still a virgin. I don't think he thought that was funny. <laughs> OK. All right. Well, we <laughs> That I that I'm not going to feel bad about going off the beaten track on this podcast, but we do have a lot to get to. So let me just try to get back to this. All right, and this all started about uh, Jerry breaking the fourth wall. But you know, I would love to hear from you. Do you feel like that the iconic moments that are seen in this episode are they iconic moments because the creators of the show knew that these are the most iconic moments, and that is therefore why they are in the show, or did the moments in this show? become iconic moments because these are the things that were in the clip show and for many people this is the first time when you got to see these clips sort of cherry picked and presented of these are the most iconic moments of Seinfeld it's a good question but I think a lot of people skip the clip shows when they come on and not uh, in 1995 they didn't you're probably right but I also think that there's no they're 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 starting by picking out the best moments so it's not like they're making a lot of controversial choices here. I do think that a lot of these things were, if they were memes or, you know, or things like that, they would have been sort of the Seinfeld memes even at, even at this point in 1995 when they're airing the episode. So it's a good question, but I think ultimately they're just picking out the biggest laughs of the first, you know, maybe a couple things that make them laugh, but there's nothing in here that's really like, I can't believe they put it in. And I didn't go, you know, episode by episode and see like if there's one major thing they left out. Uh, the biggest thing that they left out, there's actually no scene from the pilot hmm. 
Yeah. Which is funny, of course, because this the series ends with a uh, spoiler, Mike Bloom and anybody else who's never seen it, but uh, ends with, you know, a scene that that, that essentially parrots the pilot. Oh, the uh, pilot, the first episode. Not oh, yeah. The sorry. Pilot. Not the episode called the pilot. OK. No, uh, I, I believe there are scenes. interesting, too, because there are no scenes from that. And I wonder if that was confusing, I think, maybe to the people, even though they're pitching the show. I think that maybe that would be confusing for people who are watching the highlights of 100 who've never watched the show before to see scenes from the pilot where you walk in and, and you know, you have the butler there and he's like, uh, you know, we're at a pledge like, oh, you know, I, think, I wonder if that would be confusing for somebody like, wait, hold on. Did that right. The show, the show within a show. But, yeah, there's nothing from the pilot and there's nothing from the pilot known as the Seinfeld Chronicles. Um well, you know, again, there aren't a lot of laughs in that first episode. And really, there's not a ton of stuff from the first season because there aren't a lot of huge jokes there either. Yeah. I'm trying to think of there's anything else uh, that was huge that was uh, not in this. The things that they really did put a spotlight, the, the scenes that they did let run the whole way through, in addition to this whole thing with the story, the show about nothing, uh, we end up seeing the whole uh first scene from the contest that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah that, you have to put that in okay uh we end up seeing the whole final scene from the marine biologist yeah another top five moment sure one thing that i was a little surprised was in there we end up seeing the whole long cut edition of the scene from i believe it's the deal where jerry and elaine make the pact together that they're going to be able to have uh, a sexual relationship at times i'm not sure that's necessarily one of the all-time funniest scenes for the 100th episode it's not but i think we you know we discussed that when we talked about the deal a year and a half ago that it's really maybe the most important sort of like plot wise you know episode of the whole series but i disagree i understand why there are no repercussions or ramifications from that like it would be it would be a super important scene if jerry and elaine like kept that deal going throughout the series but it's really sort of you could just take that episode out and doesn't change anything what if they did keep the deal going but they only do it when the episodes aren't airing so we don't know (laughs) about it they're like really going behind the scenes of the viewer i think that would really uh, change the events of the mango uh, incredibly to, to a yeah, like that episode couldn't be canon at that point where Jerry is please Elaine I'm begging you give me another shot you know Elaine is talking about how I used to fake all the time back then and so if, if she's not faking anymore why would Jerry need another shot yeah that's a good so what do you think is real the episode that aired which one's canon the episode that aired or my theory that they're sleeping with each other when the audience isn't watching I think that would be a very good question. I mean, if we ever had maybe even Julie Louis-Dreyfus on the podcast, we can ask her at any point outside of the events in the (laughs) deal or the mango. Did Jerry and Elaine ever sleep together during the nine season run of Seinfeld? And what about you and Jerry, Julia? Yes. Did you ever sleep with Jerry also on the set uh, or any of the other actors? Have you ever faked it in real life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah uh julia are you there julia i think we lost her uh also julia louis dreyfus hosting saturday night live later this month the ageless julia louis dreyfus yes hosting. yes what are you gonna try to win her back now after that <laughs> yeah i feel like she's out on us uh do you think i mean you know i, I feel like julia louis dreyfus has never listened to a single podcast Ever. i don't mean this podcast i mean she, i feel like she's the type she's never listened to one podcast about anything mm-hmm are you surprised uh, no George Steinbrenner in the 100th episode? 
Yeah, I and mean, we haven't had a ton of, of George yet, but he, we could have had George. Uh, another an episode that I really like that we didn't see any of is uh, the nonfat yogurt, mm-hmm. which I, they don't really ruin the endings to a lot of episodes other than maybe the Chinese restaurant and the parking garage, which, you know, are, are a little more like, uh, you know, they're, it's not, they're, like, they're sight things more than like jokes. But there's no, like, you know, you could have like, thanks for ruining my daddy's business, you fat bleep. That, <laughs> that could have been in there. That could have been in there. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of things that we could go through and find. Uh, like, I can't believe that they didn't have this. I can't believe that they didn't have this. But, you know, o- overall, nothing that's a, um, you know, a huge thing that's making me say, like, oh, my God. No, the only weird thing now is that because the series ends and now you have this clip show that's just scenes from the first hundred of the of the 180 episodes is a little strange. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you feel like that they should just take this out of circulation and only run the two-part clip show, uh, 177 and 178? No, I think in the two-part clip show, these episodes shouldn't be eligible. It should just be 101 to 178. Oh, you think that there should be the clip show part two? No, I think sure. take this out of circulation and just do the all-time. Because it would be like having like, oh, here's the all-star break uh, home run leaders, you know, and celebrating that at the end of the season. Right. It would be like having your all-star game halfway through the year and then just deciding who the all-stars were based on that. No, but it would be like <laughs> it would be like having the champion like a championship there. Sure. It, the, the minor leagues do that. They have like a championship the first half and then the second half. Yeah. So, OK. Uh, anything else from the clip show before we start to get into some emails? No, I think I think we've said probably more than enough about the clip show. <laughs> more than enough. Did you enjoy the clip show? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it, very easy watching. It was nice not to tap. You know, I usually take wor- notes on like every word, but here it was. Nice, not really enough to take. Yeah, I did take about four pages of notes on the clip show, but I feel like overall. Did you really? Yeah, I I was just. Well, Wikipedia has a very good uh, description for every single scene. Yeah, I have almost everything. Uh, I kind of did not love the cards that they were putting up through. Like, okay, oh now, oh yeah, they look very tacky. I agree. These are the things about relationships, and then, but then some like they just didn't even fit. Like one of them is off the subject. Yeah, off. I think they mean off topic. They just like some intern got it wrong. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. Uh, they actually have one called catchphrases. Uh, I feel like that that's probably uh, too on the nose. I don't think you want to say say that, like call it out that much. Of these are the catchphrases from Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a little uh, it, the whole the whole like the actual cards were pretty tacky, but yeah. uh, it was fine. Okay, all right, Heva, let's jump into. Uh, t- Wait, you don't want me to rate the episode? Oh, okay, oh, yo, I'm no, I'm joking. It's uh, not in my rating. Okay, it's not in my rating. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, I felt like that they really did not get the best Elaine clips. Also, I think that a lot of the Elaine highlights they showed, I was like, really, they're going with that. Yeah, keep saying Elaine's name. I felt like they could have done better uh, with Elaine because even in the, the beginning, like setup of like when George is saying in the diner of like, oh, we could be all be on the show. I could be a character on the show, and they end up showing the, uh, the George. Uh, he got fired for sleeping with the cleaning lady. Should I have done that? I feel like that's a pretty solid George moment. The Elaine moment that they show is Elaine could be a character. They end up showing maybe the dingo ate your baby. And I feel like that that is not necessarily where I would go for the Elaine defining character shot. Sure. I'm with it. We see her on a date with Keith also. I, you, you forget how big, even though that's a really bad episode, you forget how big of a line. Like that was really one of the most famous lines of the whole series. Maybe, maybe the dingo ate your baby. Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. Uh, so I feel like a lot of the Elaine stuff that they showed were not uh, the best. I think they could have mined the Elaine stuff a little bit better. But uh, again, uh, let's not, uh, you know, <laughs> dissect the 100th episode clip show uh, too much. All right, let's get into the emails. Where do you want to start today with the emails? 
Uh, should we start with the emails or should we start with the voicemails? We got voicemails. We got emails. Where are you? Let's start with an email because I don't have the voicemail ready to go yet. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so Liz asks uh, a question, a bunch of questions. She says, what happened to Seinfeld trivia? I got a lot of response from people. Either there was no response whatsoever or some people said that it was boring and they didn't like it. So I, I just I just pulled it. And actually, maybe I didn't even get so many people saying they didn't like it. I feel like Akiva said he didn't like it. So Yeah, and also, like, if I get it wrong, it just, like, demeans the whole show. Because it's like, here's two guys who claim to know what they're talking about. And then they're getting basic questions yeah, wrong. That's not great. The questions are either so easy that they're boring or they're so hard that it makes us look bad for not knowing the answer. So... Uh, we just pulled it, pulled it aside. I mean, if so, if you guys want to give us a Seinfeld trivia question that we don't have the answer to immediately in an email, I think that's fine. Again, I and also, I do think we're on the record as we're going to have some sort of trivia contest near the very end of the show. Yeah. Okay. But someone else will make up the questions and we'll go head to head. There we go. All right. So uh, you want to jump into some of these, e- some of the voicemails as well. Okay. So sure. here we go. All right. Why don't we welcome back a voicemail caller? Here is Travis. Hey, Robin Akiva, it's Travis from Missouri. Unlike most callers for this, your 100th Seinfeld show, this is not my first voicemail. I left one for you uh, all the way back in episode 9, the phone message. This time I'm much more at ease and I no longer need to eat that apple to sound casual. Anyway, congratulations on hitting 100. I can remember when Rob asked for feedback after season 1 whether you should go straight through all the episodes or just hit the top 20. And based upon those earliest Seinfeld episodes, I lobbied for just the top 20. Then, when the podcast started pushing around 45 minutes, I sent Rob an email suggesting that you tighten it up to around 30 minutes an episode. (laughs) But that was way back in the early days, long before Seinfeld or the two of you hit your stride, and now I can't get enough. So, I don't have any advice for the second half of the podcast run, and if I did, you'd be wise to ignore it. All I can say is keep it up, and I'll see you at the finale. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, good job. Listen, it's a, it's a repeat emailer. Who knew? I forgot that we, we played an email or two in the very early going. Can I go back to the self-loathing nerd thing for one moment? Oh, boy, you're really thinking about this, yeah? Yeah, because I'm thinking about that. Well, now I, know, I don't want to preview our next episode coming up, but you being the self-loathing nerd, is it a little bit like George uh, going and getting the toupee and then dating a bald woman and then not wanting to date her? And I'm like Elaine, and I'm saying, you're bald. I, I guess <laughs> is that is, is that a similar analogy? I guess it's similar. And now everyone's I enjoying the last I episode the of the Seinfeld podcast. I, I don't like this thing. <laughs> You're bald, and then I throw in that example. Do I like throw a Star Wars DVD out the window? No, you're like uh, I'm not a nerd. I am the coolest nerd. <laughs> I was a nerd. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I should have saved it for next week, but I don't know if it was still, I, I don't know if it played here, but I don't know if it really would have played <laughs> a week from now. All right, uh, let's. How you want to keep going with some voicemails? We got so we've got course, a, a sure. wealth let's of keep... stuff to go to. Akiva, all right. So here's something that maybe might uh, brighten your spirits here on the 100th episode uh, recap. I have a voicemail for you from another familiar voice. This is a voicemail from. <laughs> Your childhood friend correspondent, Andrew. Hi, it's Andrew, Akiva's childhood correspondent. Rob, don't knock my vintage Joe Montana Chiefs jersey. (laughs) I'd like to believe that I lit the fire for Akiva's podcasting. Back in the day, we recorded our own sports talk radio on cassette for our station, WKID, 
Additionally, <laughs> I'm so happy that Akiva has found a medium that can truly capture the insane amounts of useless knowledge that have been in his brain all these years. It's been a pleasure listening. Keep it up. Oh, that was nice. This is like Akiva. This is your life. Andrew, Rob is calling me a self-loathing nerd, and then you're coming on and admitting that we had our own pretend WFAN radio station when we were in the fourth grade. And we WKID. WKID. And you even like saying the, 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 the jingle. I don't think that I don't think anybody's going to take my side and think I'm cool now. Yeah, we had we had like a guy, another guy who did the uh, who did the 2020 uh, splash. I How think we called were it. these. <laughs> Cut to the well, it was just like we would have like we'd like have a sleepover. We were in like third grade or fourth grade or twelfth grade. No, no, it was it was like third and fourth grade, maybe fifth. And we'd have like a sleepover or like a weekend where we'd all like go to somebody's house. So like you know at night, whatever we were all everyone's like going to sleep. So we do like a. We'd do a radio show. You'd have the 2020 Flash, and you'd have. Uh, I, th- I think I was. I think I was Mike, and Andrew was the Mad Dog. It's usually like three or four of us. Yeah, did you um, hate the kid that had to do the 2020 updates? Like, are you one, once every 20 minutes you could come in with an update? Yeah, we would something. cut him out a lot, like like they do with uh, like they do with like Minko. Uh, good job, Andrew, making me seem even cooler. Hashtag coolest nerd. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go back to the email or back to the voicemail? You pick. Yeah. Back to the uh, email. Okay. Uh, it, so Liz also asks, uh, do we watch Grinder? Have you ever seen the show The Grinder? No, I have not. He says ha- Jason Alexander's been on it. I do listen. My favorite non-Rehap verse, mm-hmm. Rehap, Rehap uh, uh, podcast is, uh, or my two favorites are a podcast called Doughboys and a podcast called Hollywood Handbook. And one of the writers of Hollywood, one of the guy on Hollywood Handbook is a writer on The Grinder, so it's probably really funny. I'm not even familiar but, with those shows. Not even like yeah, a should, uh, well, Doughboys. I was talking bang, bang. to, um, I was talking to Haley Strong, and yeah. she, uh, we both said that we're going to try and get you to watch Doughboys, listen to Doughboys, because they basically they rate a different chain restaurant every week. It's really funny. Okay, I'll check they, it out. Uh, they have a great dynamic. Yes, Hollywood Handbook is very. It's like two guys who pretend to be like Hollywood experts, and they're just doing bits the whole time. It's really. Uh, they never break characters. Really funny. I r- really recommend both, but I could see someone not liking Hollywood Handbook, where you're like an idiot if you don't like Doughboys. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Hollywood Handbook, there's like 120. Doughboys, there's only like 40. Um, and then, uh, and then he says, "What do I do for a living? You work from home in sweatpants." She answered her own question. I work from home in sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Ariel wants you to read the next email. All right. Ariel writes in to say. Uh, dear Robin Akiva, Mazel Tov and Yasher Coach for reaching 100 Seinfeld episodes. Did I get that right? Not even. Close. I think it's Koach, but Ko- yeah. Koach. Uh, I'm shepping so much nachas of. Nachas. Yes, for <laughs> you, the both of you, for this podcast. You give your audience uh, something to really quell about for the real Seinfeld fans. It's a true Shanda if they aren't Shanda. listening to uh, this. <laughs> Uh, between Akiva's soup list, Rob mentioning uh, Holland, Chalent, Chalent, and references to Bobka and Black and White Cookies, you truly have made a podcast meal out of a show about nothing. And side note, Akiva is totally wrong about strawberry soup. I'll send my recipe. Maybe it will change his mind. May the Seinfeld oh, wow. cast live on to 120 and quite honestly beyond if we're going to get to the finale. There you go. Yeah, we say you should live to 120 because that's how long Moses lived for. Oh, wow. Now, mm-hmm. what if modern medicine advances to the point where people are routinely living past 120? That's a, that's a good question, but I feel like we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. 
It is a good question. It is possible. But, I mean, they uh, I say guess people maybe... could live to 200. Do you even want to live to 200? I think that the quality of life, I think that you just like, you know, <laughs> I think we're going to miss out. I honestly think, I think that we're going to be the last uh, generation. Well, I, well, you know, the, you know, that the way things are going, uh, we might just be the last generation, period. But oh, totally. Yeah, that that's true. We, we, I think that we're going to like, I think our kids are going to have like all this like sort of medical stuff and, and like they'll be like, you know, in their prime for like, you know, 150 years. Oh, it's true. They'll be like, do you know our, our, our parents are so ancient? Like they... You know, they only live till like 75 or 80 and, and you know, right. we're, we're 150 and yeah, we're they'll be going. like 300 years old. Right. It's true. Like we make fun of people for not having the Internet, but we could ultimately be the biggest suckers. We are. We were right there. We're like, ah, we could have had it. We could but I'd ra- it. again, I'd rather 80 years with Internet than, you know, the chance of uh, 40 of, you know, 200 years without it. Yeah. OK, uh, let's do one more voicemail before we uh, call up Sean. All right, uh, let's get to this one. This is from Colin, our delivery guy correspondent. He has a question for us about the first 100. Hey, guys, this, uh, this message is for Robin Akiva at the uh, Seinfeld Post Show Recap. Uh, it's Colin, your delivery guy correspondent, checking in from Vancouver, Canada. Just called to say, uh, hey, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I uh, really look forward to listening to your podcast every week. You guys are my come with guys as I drive around yes. delivering pizza. Um, anyway, my question for you guys is, what do you think was the most awkward moment in the show's first 100 episodes? I have a few suggestions here. Um, do you think maybe it was when George and Jerry were with Alton Pennis in the hotel lobby? Was it the audience applauding when George helps out the busboy? Or was it maybe the phone message George leaves to the woman and then later tries to erase? Anyway, thanks guys. You're doing a great job. Take care. Okay. Do you have a take for the most awkward moment? Now, is it most awkward in 1993, four, five, or most awkward in 2016? Right, because they try and play off probably the most awkward moment is like when the NYU reporter thinks they're gay, mm-hmm. and then like you know Kramer comes in and is like, hey, you know, let's get in our, you know, I, I can't be naked in the sauna myself, and they sort of keeping keep having these, uh, you know, uh, like mistaken things right. to, to you know to, to imply that they're gay uh so that was pretty awkward then um it's a good question what's the most awkward scene yeah i the the scenes with alton bennis are really bizarre like mm-hmm. they're they're clearly afraid of him when it's happening so i'd put it there anything that happens in the first season is awkward jerry's acting in any scene is awkward yeah, um, even the clothes i feel like that some of the shirts that they're wearing in the 100th episode like going back even a couple seasons it's like boy I feel like we've even come a long way from like 92 93 to 95 yeah elaine's wardrobe in like season two that's pretty bad yeah i mean jerry's wearing a pretty crazy shirt in the boyfriend it, it is a miracle that keith hernandez even wants anything to do with this guy uh listen he just wants him for his moving abilities he, he's not interested in his uh, sartorial choices <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, Keith Hernandez is not asking David Wright to help him move anytime soon either. Uh, I mean, David Wright would, would ask his personal assistant to come help him. I don't know if Wright's making the move. Yeah, well, maybe if that would happen, wouldn't that be a scandal if it turns out that David Wright got a bad back? He was helping Keith Hernandez move. Uh, it, or he was just golfing with Cespedes. Yeah. Uh, Keith Hernandez are really killing David Wright and uh, here Mike on uh, Mike Francesa's show. Uh, really? Yeah, he's batting too high up in the order. They need to drop him down. He needs to choke up on the bat. Being very hard. Yeah, choking. That's what my Little League coach would always say. Like, if you were struggling, it was always a choke-up issue. Yeah. Right, now, are you throwing in sort of like uh, sports stories now to sort of like uh, really change the narrative? No, I, I think my sports, my sports cred is pretty, it's pretty, you know, uh, concrete. What was your war on your Little League team? 
you know, I didn't know that war existed. I did know my batting average. I had, a, you know, I had a year that I only walked or struck out. I didn't swing the bat when I was in like sixth grade. Was that intentional? Uh, after a few games, I realized like I couldn't get a hit, but the pitchers were so wild. So my on base was like basically 50 percent was 500. Uh, I think I had like 16 walks and 16 strikeouts. I think it ended up the exact same number. I did always keep my stats when I was playing any sport. Yeah. So. Uh, not the coolest thing. <laughs> I think I did keep track of how many hits I had. That uh, Something that was, uh, you know, pretty embarrassing from my uh, Little League. Career. I think I was in third grade. I think that was the last year I played Little League. And that was like the first year like that, you know, that kids, I think, were pitching in the mm-hmm. uh, in the league. Yeah, because the parents pitch when you're young. Right. And so, you know, I got to my first game and I, I didn't know that that the like balls and strikes like balls were called i i didn't or, or that you could get a called strike i did not know that this was a rule and uh i you know got called strikes and again i'm like what i had no idea about that and i'm and i'm like in hindsight i'm like how how did i how was i able to go out there and nobody t- talked to me about this yeah i don't know I, I guess you missed the team meeting at the beginning of the year I don't, I don't know like nobody taught me the rules before i went out there yeah that seems a little strange like i'm not a dumb kid I don't really understand what was going on there. Uh, but now you know the rules. That's good. Now I know the rules. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't play baseball anymore. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe that was the beginning of the end. Once is like uh, like he doesn't know about the called strikes. He doesn't know about the call. Did strikes. they put you in deep right field? Uh, I think that I could not be further back out in the in the right field. Was, like, oh, see, of, like, see, that's where the nerds play. Right. Well, I'm not a self-loathing nerd. I've, I played I've, second base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Haven't you said yourself that you feel like that anybody like a real there's no such thing as a second base prospect. Isn't that your own words? Oh, yeah. I wasn't a prospect, but I wasn't like the kid in right field eating worms. which We had one of those. <laughs> OK. All right. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's br- let's bring in our guest on the podcast today. Uh, somebody who maybe might be able to develop an algorithm to tell us uh, if Akiva is indeed the coolest nerd. Uh, let's bring in Sean Falconer onto the podcast you ready for this mm-hmm. all right so let's just call him live and see how this goes here is sean falconer let's just add him into the conversation sean are you there hey robin Akiva. yeah how's it going yeah all right well how's the stairwell that you're in <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually in my office conference room <laughs> okay. all right well we are just doing this live where we're in the middle of recording our 100th uh, episode recap but we wanted to get you on to talk about some of the new findings that you've uncovered uh to talk about on the seinfeld podcast first off how are you doing it's a beautiful day here in uh, san francisco yeah all right well that's uh, uh akiva how's the weather by you I, I don't first of all i hate when people like i'm not i'm not knocking sean here but like i'm never you'll no, never ask me like how me. how i'm doing <laughs> and i'm going to tell you the weather like that is nothing is the weather weather determine your mood hey, yes People have the, uh, you know, the seasonal, uh, you know, so what, what is it called? Seasonal affective disorder. Sad. Uh, yeah. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it bums me out. Though, so I, I appreciate someone it. from someone from the East Coast, like they're, you just ask them for five months in a row and they're like, oh, I'm terrible. It's freezing outside. Have you talked to the people on the East Coast recently? Are they miserable? Well, I think this week. I think this is a pretty bad week. All right. But we're, we're <laughs> losing the we're losing the thread of this thing here. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, you've done some really impressive work uh, of late. Uh, of course, uh, you recently tracked down uh, who has the most stats, who are the league leaders in overall podcasts with me. Uh, what podcast is this for Akiva that we're doing here today? Uh, I believe this is number 98. 98, Akiva. How about that? 
Well, I think now I'm going to sound extra nerdy, uh, but uh, I, but I, I, he missed one because you don't say the uh, you don't list the names on the holiday special. Oh, does that? Count? I'm like comic book guy here, correcting you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think actually. I think this is 99, which will mean the the yeah. voicemails tomorrow will be 100. Hmm. Well, where do you where do you land on that? An eclipse show, just like just like what we're doing here, right? Is that are you counting those, Sean? I said I only counted those if uh, they were, the name actually appeared in the listing of who was on the show. Okay. That's more of so a So it depends a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think that's more of a cameo. I don't know if that counts, Akiva. I was there for like a half hour, though. I feel like uh, I wasn't singing a song. But I yeah. hear you. Uh, but, but so this is 98. credit on those. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I haven't gotten a single, I haven't gotten, you know, a single residual from that episode. That must be, that's why. Yeah. The checks are in the mail for the other ones. All right. Uh, so... <laughs> John, you did a couple of uh, interesting Seinfeld-related research projects. Uh, that uh, could you talk about that the writer project that you did to determine who were the most valuable Seinfeld writers? About a month ago, I did some work on figuring out when Seinfeld peaked in terms of uh, which season it was the best, which is something that you guys had talked about on um, on, on a show about six weeks ago. And the way I did that was I collected all the, basically all the top 10 lists of Seinfeld episodes that I could find. And then I, and I found about 15 of those. And then I figured out which seasons each of the episodes in those top 10 lists came from. And then uh, based on the information from that, and also what are the worst 10 episodes of Seinfeld, I was able to come up with a metric to measure when, you know, Seinfeld peaked. And the results of that were, that uh, the best season, according to my data, was uh, season five, uh, fall shortly by season seven, when uh, Larry David left. All right, Akiva, are you on board with, with all this? Does this all making sense to you? Well, yeah, I don't want to give my season rankings now, but yeah, that, the, the, his logic is, is flawless. Okay, good. Using the same uh, top ten list of all, all the uh, best episodes, I collected who actually wrote those episodes. Okay. And then... Uh, what I looked at was what percentage of the best episodes were written by different writers. And then I compared that to how many episodes Larry David wrote 56, 56 episodes of Seinfeld, which is about 31% of all the Seinfeld episodes. But in the top uh, 10 lists that I collected, of those, he wrote 18 of them, which is actually 33%. So all things being equal, if he wrote 31% of the total episodes, he should appear 31% of the time in the best episodes. And what I, I basically ranked all the writers by the difference between uh, their total percentage of episodes that they wrote and what is the, the percentage that they actually appear in the top 10 list. So you can figure out kind of like who's, you know, um, uh, like way above average and who is performing way below average. Okay. Akiva, thumbs up or thumbs down? Are you buying this as a way to determine the most valuable and least valuable Seinfeld writers? Yeah, I definitely think there's a reasonable way to track it. And uh, I think uh, the, yeah, the results make sense also because it's really skewed towards, you know, the people who write more later episodes are, are generally his MVPs and the people who write some early episodes are generally his LVPs. Okay. 
So do you think that it's skewed at all? Like people that are sort of like on the writing staff early on that they are penalized for being on the show when it first started before it found itself, Sean? I think that makes sense. The writer with the worst performance relative to the total number of episodes they wrote was Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And he wrote predominantly early on. But totally. He stopped, he stopped getting writing credits very early in the series. So he wrote a lot of episodes, but he also wrote a lot of really good episodes. Okay. So that, uh, is there, do you have this posted anywhere where we could point uh, people to it? I haven't, but I was going to uh, post that soon. And so overall, who is the MVP of the Seinfeld writing staff? Uh, Alec Berg and uh, Jeff Schaefer. Okay. Do those names ring a bell for you, Akiva? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've seen them already. They're the, they're the guys who, who went on to work with Larry on Curb, and then the league is uh, Jeff Schaefer's. Okay. What's the most notable episode for Berg? Summer of George. Summer of George. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. All right. Well, Sean, thank you so much for uh, putting this together. I know uh, that uh, everybody always uh, loves to see the research that you've done. Uh, if you want to uh, see more about this and see what else uh, Sean is working on, go to seanfalconer.blogspot.com. That's S-E-A-N, falconer.blogspot.com. And then, Sean, how do people follow you on Twitter? It's uh, just my name, Sean Falconer. There you go. All right, well, Sean, thank you so much, and uh, happy 100th episode recap to you. Yeah, happy to you guys, and uh, congratulations. All right, well, thank you so much, okay? Take care, buddy. All right, bye. All right. Let's keep going with the mailbag because we have uh, so many more things uh, to get to. Let's go to one that has uh, the most to do with the creation of this podcast. Here's Craig from Vancouver. Hey, Rob and Akiva. This is Craig calling from Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, that Craig from Vancouver, (laughs) Canada. I just have a question regarding how both of you met and decided to do this podcast. Was Akiva climbing a rope? And Rob was spotting him, and then Akiva fell off the rope and landed on Rob's head, and you became friends ever since. Thanks for taking my question. <laughs> Have we talked about this on the podcast, the origins of this podcast? I don't think so. Maybe very uh, briefly, but I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it was sometime in the spring of 2014, and Akiva reached out to me and said, hey, we should do a Seinfeld podcast. Well, I think I said, I think I said that you should do a Seinfeld podcast. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll here. I'll tell you, Rob's like, shoot, I could have gotten out of this all together. <laughs> um, here. Okay. I see a March 30th, 2014. I okay. see this email and right, it's post show recap idea. Yes. And I said, Hey Rob, really enjoying post show recaps. I had an idea for the site. No, you're a huge. Okay. So I had just seen you play some sort of online YouTube trivia game. Oh, where wow. where I lost to Miles Nye, yes, a Seinfeld fan, a Star Wars fan, and a and a, a Survivor fan had to answer questions. Like they each, you weren't playing against each other; you just had to score the most points mm-hmm. on your own subject. Now you could have been the fan for any of those three shows. No, but it was the Star Wars prequel uh, that was the guy that I was playing against. I right, see. That's what a self loathing nerd would answer. <laughs> <laughs> that you couldn't do it because it was a Star Wars prequel, and I, you were Seinfeld, and someone else was Survivor, right? right Which doesn't make right. a lot of sense. But yeah. maybe you, you were too much of a ringer, maybe, to be Survivor. Well, yeah, and, and the person who was the Seinfeld or the Survivor expert was Miles Nye, who is on the podcast. Uh, you know, from time to time, oh, okay. that's where I first met him. So I said, I, I know you're a huge Seinfeld fan, and I'm aware it's not exactly what the premise of the site is. Uh, you should have stopped there and been like, you're right. It's not <laughs> you're <perfect>. right. <laughs> but would you consider going back and doing episode by episode podcasts about Seinfeld and the post show recap style? I think people would be thrilled to do a Seinfeld rewatch with you 
and you could crank out a few episodes per podcast since comedy doesn't need to be dissected in the same vein as an hour-long drama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this is a dumb idea, but personally, I would love it, and I'd be happy to be one of the co-hosts if need be. Yeah, I think you really sold me with like, oh, it'd be short. It won't be that time-consuming. Listen, I'm good at getting uh, getting what I want. You know, I <laughs> say like, I just tell someone it's going to be short, and if it takes longer, like they're already stuck. They're yeah, already stuck. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's what I we think told the listeners of this podcast. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the few, the idea of doing a few episodes in one is yeah. pretty hilarious. Like that, we're going to cover three episodes yeah. today. Like some, there's some episodes where like, wait, do we have to like, should we finish the you know the contest next week? We split it into two episodes. It's right. too much to handle. That's right. Um, yeah. And, and uh, we had never, I had maybe tweeted at you a few times, just like if there's something sports related mm-hmm. happened on Survivor, probably. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had never spoken in any capacity. You didn't know I was. Yeah. But I'll tell you what your mistake was. Yes. See, because I always rag on you for following 2,000 people. Yes. But when I sent you some sports thing, you followed me and I probably thought like, oh, wow, this guy like he thinks we're friends now. You know, he he's like uh, he's re- he's one. He wants to hear more of my sports takes, you know, as they pertain to Survivor or whatever. Had you not followed me, I never would have thought to like emailed you. Yeah. So really. Okay. So you think I'm encouraging people to pitch me podcasts by following. Oh, yeah. No, just in general. You're just encouraging people to to stay in your life by following them on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I, I pro- it looks like from my response here in my Gmail, I think I responded the same day. Yeah, which I mean, now if I tried, yeah, you couldn't even get Rob to do that now. Forget about it. <laughs> I don't think Nicole could get you to respond the same Well, I think, day. yeah, you, you used to have a Twitter avatar of the Jets and the old Jets logo. I think that might have suckered me in also. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, because there was, like there was, as opposed to now when there's 20-year-old pictures of me, then there was no picture of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah so and then uh yeah sucker me in oh yeah you you emailed the same day boom wow look at that but yeah we didn't do it you were busy it was it was the middle of survivor season yeah and look i even said uh this is very interesting this could be a very fun idea do you have any podcasting experience my gut first reaction is this should be one episode a week and talk about that one show of an episode by episode rewatch but i'm open to anything and do you have some time to talk about this? Well, you know, because right, I didn't think you'd commit to 180 with me. So I tried to sell you a lot, I think, on the top 25. Yeah, but I kind of felt like that the value of having it in the archive was going to be, you know, that you could have like, oh, I just watched this episode. I can listen to a podcast about this episode as opposed to, oh, this is a podcast about these four episodes and I got to sift through these other things. Right. But. Uh, but then, yeah, and then I want to like sort of vet somebody and make sure you know you're not a total. Yeah, lunatic. we had well, you called me. You said I want to make sure you're not a lunatic. We had a phone conversation. We talked about the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then we yeah we pushed it off for a few months, and it was also I think the catch was that because it was the 25th anniversary of the show uh, starting right uh, from '89 to 2014, so yeah. that was sort of our. There was, there was a lot of Seinfeld nostalgia. Yeah, we were going to do just the top 25 episodes. We said, okay, well, let's just get to the meat of it and then sort of like uh, go into, I think that's what the, pre, the pilot was. We'll, we'll do like the first season and then we'll jump into the top 25 episodes. Correct. Right. I think it was like either we'll cancel it, we'll do top 25 or we'll go forward. But we're, right. I don't even think we were pushing that so much. Because at the time. even if it was a you know, total disaster, I would only have a 25 week commitment that would have been over 75 weeks ago. Right. So you're saying this wasn't a total disaster? I mean, it's a total disaster for a podcast that makes no money and consumes a lot of time. I mean, you could <laughs> sort of you could say in some ways it's a total disaster, but uh, you know, it's it's um, you know, not something that I'm regretting doing. 
That's oh man, wow! Is that a lukewarm? Is that a lukewarm <laughs> commitment? <laughs> Not something I'm regretting doing. Can we put that as a tag on on the actual podcast? Well, you want you said is it a total disaster? And the answer is unequivocally no. Not a total disaster. Right. We spend. I'd say you make uh, zero uh, zero cents per hour doing mm-hmm. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, in fact, you probably lose money. <laughs> I mean. You, you said it, not me. You definitely lose money. People, this but people enjoy it, and uh, that I believe could it, that could there we is, consider it a loss leader? Yes, I, I I believe there is intrinsic value in this podcast. Okay, we're looking for it, but you believe it's there? I believe it's there. Only eighty more to go to find it. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's do uh, let's do an email. Okay, all right. What do you uh, got? Mike Bloom? Yes. Mike Bloom, who, uh, again, is a, uh, is a first-time Seinfeld watcher. So he says, first off, I wanted to thank you guys for providing me an opportunity for me to finally watch Seinfeld as a comedy nerd. Now, Mike, are you a self-loathing comedy nerd or just a regular comedy nerd? I think that he's probably a self-loathing comedy nerd. It was a shameful secret that I kept to myself. I'd never seen a full episode of the show, despite knowing many references. Listening to you guys let me metaphorically come out of the closet, not there's anything wrong with that, and be able to finally embrace the show with a podcast that features great report, the darkest fun facts possible, and lots of sports talk that I don't understand or pretend to anyway. He basically Now his question is he wants to know going forward, what what does he have to look forward to? Because he says there's a lot of iconic moments that he knows about, like Festivus, the Manzir, the Soup Nazi, that haven't happened yet. Yeah, you mentioned some good ones. Uh, I think... Short term, you'll be very excited to, to see the Jimmy. I feel like, you know, the Jimmy's not as famous as the Soup Nazi or the contest, but, I, you know, you may not know about it at all, but I, I think that'll be a lot of fun. He says, uh, thanks for the opportunity to let us think ahead to 2017, the final Seinfeld recap uh, in the Australian George Costanza Rents restaurant. It'll run for five hours, which will really burn a hole in that one guy's pocket <laughs> and feature copious appearances from Chester that will be disparaged in the comments and Akiva begrudgingly eating a giant bowl of chocolate ice cream. Alla Napoleon and Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And thank you, Robin Akiva, for the excellent adventures thus far. Good email, Mike. Good job. Wow. Will you be eating a bowl of chocolate ice cream at the finale? If someone flies us to Australia for the finale, for the finale I'll eat a giant bowl of chocolate ice cream. Okay. But the George Costanza restaurant should sponsor it. That's true. Start saving up, Louise. <laughs> All right. Great job. Uh, Mike Bloom. No real question there, other than uh, what's what should we look forward to? Um, I, I just think that you, that it's not the destination. I do think it's the journey of. Totally. There's a lot of great Seinfeld episodes still to come. Oh, many, and and I'd also say that it'll be interesting to you know if if you're a first time watcher to see what happens when Larry goes. But even more interestingly, you've never seen the finale. I'd be interested in sort of the unblemished takes of someone not hearing the instant feedback, what they think of the finale 25 years later. And easily 50 really strong episodes to go. Oh, yeah, we got a ton. We got a ton of very and very few bad ones. Nothing left in my bottom 20. We're we really have only strong episodes if this makes it to the end, which now I'm sorting sort of starting to, you know, rethink today. But if we get there, you feel like we're not going to finish. Well, I don't know. Now I'm like a self-loathing nerd. Now I have to like reassess everything in my life. I'm not sure. Well, I think that we've come this far. I think that at this point it would seem like that we were so close. We were right. Th- we were right there. And then to, to give up now. Yeah, but wouldn't someone who's self-loathing, wouldn't that exa- be exactly what they do? Like quit at like 140 out of 180? <laughs> 
I mean, do I seem like a quitting at a 140 at a 180? Oh, no, I meant me. I meant me. Oh, you're going to quit? <laughs> well, not really, but the, who's what the self so I don't even know. If if you quit, then what, would I have like, have like uh, Chester come in for the final? Like, uh, is that real? Is that your best option, Chester? If I if forget about quit, let's say like I'm not in great shape physically, probably from just sitting at this desk. A fun and fact. 20 hours a day. <laughs> but let's say something really bad happens to me. Like that, I, I, then for sure you have to finish it. I mean, like in my honor. worst case scenario, like that worst, you died. Really worst case scenario. I mean, if you died, I think we would certainly go on a hiatus for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You need a month to mourn. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you'd have to come back. Yeah, I feel like if you died, I feel like that we would uh, like it would make the most sense. Like if you if we had a falling out and you quit. I feel like that, you know, then probably anybody like, uh, you know, getting like Chester or Amir. That or, doesn't make so much sense. Right. right. It, doesn't make, it doesn't make any it sense. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, but if you died, I feel like that would make sense. I feel like that's sort of like the carry. Yes, yeah. If I died, it has to be. Ch- I don't think you want Andrew. I like Andrew. I don't I don't think he's good for 80. Right. 80 and, and and Chester might say if Akiva were here, I know he would say. So I think that you would basically your Katra would l- live on. You know, you're not really gone if we still remember you. That's true. I, but if right, if we had a falling out, then I'd like we'd have a rival survive, Seinfeld podcast. Then like, you could have Mike Bloom or Antonio. What would you do? Would you start from where we left off? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going back to one. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah. What would I do? Would I finish the, <laughs> the stretch? I don't do know. You finish. That's a good question. I don't know. You would. Have I feel to, like the show might really take off after I leave. I don't know. Your rival Seinfeld podcast. I don't think you could do episode rewise. You have to like sort of like do something like have a different form. Why do you have the patent on this idea? Well, I feel like that. What do you? Well, what are you going to? You're just going to pick up where we left off. Why not? <laughs> it's like I used to do this on the podcast, but now <laughs> we broke up. So now I'm just going to keep going. It's like listen on his on his site to the. I won't say your name. Mm-hmm. Listen on the other guy's site to the first like 120. Yeah. And then you come here for 121. And like who Boy. gets custody of like Johnny De Silvera and Craig from Vancouver? Mm. We really we really should have gotten a, a podcast prenup before yeah. we started this. Oh that uh I will fight you with my dying breath for Johnny De Silvera. Yeah, you probably get him, but well, I feel like Craig cold dead hand will you get Johnny De Silvera Akiva. All righty. 32 episodes in 32 days. Do we have uh do we have an email? Uh, do we have a voicemail from Johnny De Silvera? We do. <laughs> Let's okay. bring him in. Robin Akiva, your bro Chacho, Johnny DeSilvera here. <laughs> What's the clip from the first 100 that you would have included, if any at all, that were left out? Myself, only because I find myself referencing it without thinking, is when I DVR a show and sometimes I get spoiled. I then think of Kramer spoiling the Mets game for Jerry from the Seinfeld Chronicles. <laughs> Love to hear what you two have. Keep up the great work. Wow, so Johnny with a moment from the very the first pilot. episode. Yeah, wow, look at him. And there were no moments, as we said, from the pilot. So that's a really uh, deep cut from, from Johnny <laughs> Silvera. Yeah, that's what he wants to do. All right. <laughs> Is there anything uh, that you would think of? Uh, and we touched on this a little bit. Uh, is there anything that, that they didn't put in? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I really like the non-fat yogurt. We have nothing from there. Uh, there's not a ton of stuff from season six in there, which I guess makes sense. Like you just saw this last week and now we're determining that it's a classic and also the opposite. There could have been, a li- you know, the opposite, maybe my favorite episode. There could have been, excuse me, the Hamptons, uh, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe my favorite episode. And there could have been uh, maybe a little bit more from the Hamptons. Yeah, but. I really did like uh, the switch. I wonder if that sort of came too close to the 100. And then at the end of the episode, it was too far away from the events from the 100. I wonder if that is something that has been always underrated. 
because like I feel like there was no mention of menage a trois here and it did end two episodes. I choose not to run. I feel like a lot of these great episodes that we said were like, ooh, these really underrated episodes. I think that maybe speaks to the point that these things are not considered as iconic because they were not in the 100 episode montage. Yeah, that's not bad. And also, I don't think did we get anything on the pick or the scratch in from the episode, the pick? I don't, I don't think so. so. Yeah. So that, I guess that's my answer, because that's a really famous moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's uh, too many other things. I'm sure we could find uh, more and more and more. But so much good stuff to choose from. It's really a, an embarrassment of riches, just like our voicemails and our emails here on this podcast. All right. All right. How about uh, another email? Uh, what do you got, Akiva? All right. We have an email from uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. And Lindsay says, uh, at the risk of sucking kneecaps, it's a fantastic podcast. I look forward to it every single week. Uh, Lindsay, I'll, I'll make you a deal. You could come with me to my uh, to my spinoff podcast. Uh, you're a great team, and I'm so happy you've kept it going for so long. Thanks for all the laughs. Here's to the next 40-ish episode. She says 80-ish. I'm just predicting 40-ish. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention an anecdote before jumping to my question. I recently told someone that I'd read somewhere. Uh, someone had offended Bernie Sanders by asking him how it <laughs> felt to be at his most popular in his 70s. And then later I realized that was actually the plot of Rob's Bernie Sanders yes. dream. <laughs> I'm still hoping my friend hasn't tried to Google the story. Uh, then she's got a question for each of us. Akiva, since I started my rankings pre-podcast, do I, do I think my list would change after you know, doing this rewatch? I think it's a good question, but first of all, as I've admitted, I do sometimes, if I really love an episode that week, I will like bump it up a couple spots mm-hmm. or bump it down. And then I get an email from Chester who has my rankings because he needs it for some, I don't know, like in his lair. I'm not sure what he does. <laughs> he needs it. What do you need? <laughs> I don't know. He has, he, he has my rings. And they're like, oh, you know, you're actually 11 lower on uh, the, the soup this week than you said you'd be. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, you know, if we did this again afterwards, if we went back, and that, that would really make us self-loathing nerds. If we did this whole thing again, yeah. then I, I feel like my list would look totally different. Not totally different, but, you know, nothing would really be in the exact same spot. It's really how, how I felt when I ranked them and how I fixed them. Uh, and then she says, Rob, are there any episodes that stand out to you as being way better or worse than you remembered from previous watches? No, I think that happens all the time. I think we always talk about like, oh, actually, yeah, sometimes you're super excited to see an episode. And then you, uh, like some of the classic season four episodes like The Bubble Boy, which you were way down on compared to right. some other people. And uh, and then there's some episodes where you, you have low expectations coming. And you're like, wow, I really like that. Yeah, I think that it's often the case where the higher the expectations, the more I'm disappointed and the lower the expectations, the more I'm pleasantly surprised. So I think it speaks to sort of like maybe the baseline sort of like quality of the show where if I'm expecting something to be uh, like uh, like, oh, my God, this is going to be life changing. Uh, I'll be disappointed. Can we just go back to the uh, the rival podcast one more time? Okay, sure, of course, yeah. So, so like, are you saying that it'd be like some sort of like Mike and the Mad Dog type uh, breakup where maybe I don't know who's who would be who in this scenario? Well, I think the person who keeps the podcast probably has, like I'd love to be Mike, but I feel like there's no way I could keep the podcast on Post Show Recap. <laughs> And make you start your own so, second Seinfeld. I don't know how that would work. Are you like getting a lot of money to leave like Mad Dog and go like go to like satellite radio and do a Seinfeld podcast? I mean, in the in the world where I'm getting a lot of money now, I feel like someone would 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 offer me money then. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like Mad Dog maybe was getting the same just to leave or a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I think he got a lot more. Yeah, I th- oh yeah, and yeah. Listen, if someone makes me an offer, I am for sale. Yeah. I will leave this podcast if someone offers me seven figures yeah okay so 
then uh like 10 years down the road w- would there be like clamoring to do some sort of a live reunion show where we yeah i think at, at like RehapCon, like francesa con <laughs> like you'd bring out me to like total silence crickets you like you remember that guy we had on the seinfeld podcast that wasn't that popular uh he's here yeah <laughs> uh akiva give him give him your uh give him your list <laughs> give- <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'll do all my catchphrases. (laughs) Fun fact, everybody. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's do a voicemail from uh, physics correspondent Jim. Remember physics correspondent Jim? Who could forget physics correspondent Jim? Physics correspondent Jim. He has a voicemail. Hi, guys. It's Jim from Minnesota, your physics correspondent. I've been a listener since pretty much the very start. I was skeptical at the beginning, wondering, you know, why do you need a podcast about a show that's almost 20 years old? But I've I've grown to love the show. So great job, guys. I've got a a couple comments, though. Um, One thing I really love about the show is your takes on the differences between now and the time Seinfeld was on. Um, I I have a different perspective than you guys, I guess, since I'm a little bit older. So sometimes I think it's kind of amusing. How much different you think the 90s are compared to today when on some of those cases i think it's really just because you guys were younger you had a different perspective so there's my uh my pseudo sociology take on things and in, in particular the 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 one thing which you've you seem to have retired now akiva but which was a favorite of mine to well kind of a favorite and uh and the thing i didn't like was calling uh seinfeld times hammer time when hammer of course, was uh, you know pretty much a, a one-hit wonder. Hammer Time was about ten minutes in about 1990, but uh, so you, you stretched that one a little long. You've retired it now, I guess. Anyway, um, probably rambled enough now. So uh, once again, great job, guys. Keep up the great work. Is physics correspondent Jim selling MC and regular Hammer short? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the reason I stopped saying it is I want to reboot all my catchphrases. I want a whole new slate of catchphrases for the for the back 90 episodes. Are you guys ready for Hammer Time? Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're already in the second half of Hammer Time, which really, it, it wasn't peak Hammer Time in the 90s anymore by, by February of 95. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, too legit to quit. That's 1991. That's, maybe that should be the catchphrase for the back half of the Seinfeld catalog of, of our podcast. I hope we're too legit to quit. <laughs> too legit to quit. Uh, they had the Adam's Groove in 1901. Josh Wiggler was a fan of, of that. Uh, yeah, Hammer was kind of done by 92. <laughs> by the time Seinfeld really started to hit its peak. Yeah, Hammer was pretty much out the game. He was out the game. Yeah. I think he was sort of, he really, uh, like, um, you know, had, had really peaked at a, a uh, Burned bright. I don't know. I'm sure we could come up with the sports analogy for Hammer, but uh, not necessary to get into now. All right. So do you feel like that when we have our big differences for the 90s, that really has more to do with our own age where maybe like when we feel like that maybe the, the decade that followed the 90s uh, is not that like uh, like 10 years from now, we won't think of it as that different from the decade that we're in? It's a good question. You know, we right. We're just guessing our, our sort of reference of knowledge from from the 90s is mostly pop culture because we weren't grownups during the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, but I know, I do think society has changed a lot in the last 25 years. I'm not sure if you could say that about, like, if we were in, like, 2500 BC, 
And then, you know, like the, the difference, between, oh man, the difference between 2500 BC, 2475 BC, like you could never chisel that on a wall, you know, that would be offensive. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly, like if this has just been a, a, like an especially progressive, uh, you know, quarter century or whatever, but it's a very good question. Okay. Uh, but he's a physics correspondent. He could probably figure that out. All right. Uh, let's get another email. All right. Brent from Edmonton has a funny one. He wanted to uh, share an experience with, with us that proves just how much of an impact the Seinfeld podcast has on its listeners. He's proud to report that last week that we were the focus of a bizarre dream he had. In the dream, he was traveling to New York City to meet with me, Akiva, who had promised all listeners of the podcast that I'd take them out to dinner if they visited me in person. That is Maybe the type of thing I would do. <laughs> I will. I will take you out to. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, ideally, you'll pay. I, you know, be back for all the all the hours of entertainment I gave you. But uh, listen, if I have to pay, I'll pay. I went to the Manhattan Barber Shop where Akiva was working as a barber, yeah. <laughs> or you just like have like an office set up in the. Back I barely of the know how to shop. shave myself. I'm not yeah. sure how I would be a barber. And I met. He met Akiva. Since I have no idea what Akiva looks like, my dream assigns an appearance not unlike Jerry's landlord Silvio from the Reverse Peephole, but more jolly, a Dom DeLuise type, if you will. Unfortunately, Key was too busy with his clients to go out for dinner. That's definitely fictional. And a few months later, I woke up. Not to be left out, Rob has made multiple appearances in my dreams. Most memorably, one where Rob and I were in the woods at night and spotted a UFO. When I asked Rob if we should report the UFO to the authorities, he said no. He'd rather save the scoop for the next spice an hour. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations on 100 breathtaking episodes. On to the next 80. Maybe. Wow. Go. <laughs> Okay, rank uh, the three dreams. Uh, this you and Brent uh, at the barbershop, me and Brent in the UFO, or me and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I don't know. The Bernie dream is like, yeah, I feel like he has an okay sense of humor about being old. He knows he's old, so that's three. Yeah. Uh, I like the, I like Sanders that you're like... Is like uh, he should have said, uh, are you kidding me? I'm 70 years old. If I was born now, I would be in a teenager. I think number two... <laughs> <laughs> you don't like my Bernie Sanders? It was great. It was great. I think no, no it was These a good kids impression. Kids now, they're being born. They're going to be 300 years old. <laughs> I, uh, number, I, I really like the fact that I'm a barber, but, but that's not so realistic. You're no like, selling me? <laughs> I know I'm, I am, but I'm also, I'm, I'm hard in this up because we're running low All on right. time. All right. And, All right. um, and uh, and not and uh, the the idea that you won't report the UFO because you'd rather save it for the podcast is very funny. That sounds about right. I'm trying to get a picture of what Silvio the barber uh, looks like from the reverse peephole. <laughs> Amir writes in. Yeah. And Amir says, uh, Robin Akiva, congrats on me- reaching this milestone. You guys absolutely have the best weekly Seinfeld podcast uh, featuring an ex Survivor cast member right. out there. <laughs> right. That's so kind of you. May you continue to discuss nonsense for many years to come. I look forward to the end of the series, followed by 80 podcast episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Poster Recaps. Uh, well, let's, let's get through this one first. Yeah. <laughs> in 1999, there was, he says, there was apparently a Seinfeld spinoff in the works called The Jackie Child Show. What yes. Seinfeld side character would you, most likely, would you most want to see a sitcom about? What would you call the show? He suggests Going Postal, the daily interactions and craziness of U.S. postal workers starting, starring Newman. Can, mm-hmm. I be fr- can I be frank with you? The Absurd Life of an Eccentric Older New York Man and His Family, starring Frank Costanza. Or, Bookham, a library investigations officer, deals with curious cases and even more unusual people, starring Mr. Bookman. That's a good question. But is this and in I, 1999 what I have wanted, or is this like now? Well, some of these guys are, are, are you know, are, are on the verge of kicking the bucket. So I think right. it's I think 99. Mr. Bookman, yeah. isn't he already on the uh, overdue? Yeah, but not yeah. in 99, I don't think. Um, I think Newman, for a show, it's hard to have a heel character on a sitcom. Um, I think like the Mary Tyler Moore spun off um, 
Phyllis to her yeah. own show. Do you ever watch that? And like, I don't know how long that lasted. No. And that was also a deep cut for someone who was not born then. Yeah. But uh, I actually liked Rhoda, which was the first Mary Tyler Moore spinoff. <laughs> wow. If you like Rhoda also, hit me up. We'll do a Rhoda podcast. I think um, I like I like the idea of going post. I think Frank Costanza would have been a lot of yelling. How, how about the young Frank Costanza Chronicles? Like, let's get a new actor in there to play Ooh, the young yeah, Jerry Stiller and Estelle. Sort of like uh, it's a... You know, almost like a a bit of uh, it would be kind of like I guess like King of Queens, but uh, that basically like the Jerry Stiller character would be like the lead. Yeah, what about a Sue Ellen Mishki? And again, not the Jerry Stiller on King of Queens. Like that would be no, 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 not not him. Amir <laughs> also says, if we, this is a good question, if we could own any prop from the first hundred episodes, what would we choose? There's a lot of items that would be incredibly fun to have in your house. The Kramer portrait. You have a fake Kramer portrait. Uh, uh, the puffy yes. shirt. The cigar story. And then I think the puffy shirt would be really. Like a, a, an amazing, like, uh, you know, piece to have in your house. If we could get the golf ball from the marine biologist, that would be really funny. But you'd also have to explain what it was to everyone. Yeah. What about the coffee table book? The coffee table book, like the original one, that would be fun. But like no one would believe it was the original one. Um, right. The, the couch that Poppy peed on or maybe he didn't pee on it. That would be really funny. <laughs> but these things are going to take up a lot of space. And as you've said, uh, even early on in the podcast that, you know, that uh, being a minimalist is the way to go. Sure. So what about the original Junior Mint? <laughs> Wait, but where, what would you keep that in? You have like a glass. The very cost dispenser that Elaine, uh, that Elaine that would uses. Be good. That. You could just put that right on a shelf. I like it. Yeah, I, 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 Jessica asks if the evolution of Seinfeld, I'll, I'll, I'll read this briefly, but she says, uh, you know, have, there's been a lot of sort of uh, callbacks in season six we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where the episode before and after this there, you know, there's a lot of the same. It's not a two part episode, but there's a lot of the same uh, sort of storyline. So do, how deliberate is it? Is it, you know, bad decisions from pr- bad you know, reactions from previous decisions? Uh, and also she wants to know why Elaine is such a walking disaster in season six. I do think that you see much more of it just as the show goes on. Other than season four, there wasn't a ton of it till now. What do you think? Uh, in terms of the callbacks, I yeah. feel like that the show is uh, getting more and more confident in itself. And it's like, OK, like, I know this is big. I know people will like that. So I do think that there's more and more of playing to the fans. Also, I think that season six goes on and like they're like, oh, yeah, OK, let's give the people what they want. Two more very quick emails. Cody. Uh, asked me to rank Jerry's girlfriends. I'm not going to do that because then I'm going to get called a chauvinist pig. Uh, and then Dan, the benefactor, says, in honor of the clip show, he has a question about clip shows on a scale of 1 to 100 with a regular episode at 100. What's the difficulty of producing clip show as compared to a regular episode? I'd say you just have some intern. You pick the scenes, then you have an intern do it. So it's like a 2 out of 100. I think it's easier now. I think that you probably like the Internet would crowdsource that for you. Sure. Uh, he says, if we were to make a clip show for the podcast, how would that compare in difficulty to a regular podcast? Literally infinite. It would be, yeah, a hundred times. Like Rob harder. is probably answering emails during half this show. Like for him to have to. That's not for true. Him, for him to have to email him right now. See what happens. Yeah. Uh, for him to have You're to. You're not going to get a Akiva like response back from a, within the same day. What's an Akiva? Oh, you mean the response that you the, gave me? Yes. The, like the yeah. response you got on April 4th. 2014 i really must have caught you the right day i feel like any other day you never because if you don't respond it's not like i keep asking you that same question no i had less stuff to do in 2014 yeah that's true and i think i had even emailed you before and you hadn't responded yeah okay well that you know like not not about stuff just like hey you should have like this guest on the podcast or something yeah. like well that. that was at a point though where i had you know been laid off from my job in december of 2013 and i was really sort of like oh boy right, no one needs your life right. story i'm just telling you that that's where i, I was at a time and a place where i'm like boy i gotta I, really figure something out here so it would be much harder he says p.s uh nats are already one game up on the mets uh go Take away Dan, we're gonna add five hours of silence to the show to cost you 300 <laughs> extra dollars 
And I guess let's end the podcast uh, with uh, with Chester's voicemail. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here is uh, the voice once again of the great Alexander Chester. Hey, Rob, and the other guy. <laughs> My name is Alexander Chester. I co-host a very popular weekly podcast called Thirty Two Fans. But enough about me. My question is really for Akiva. Akiva, you like to make lists and rankings. So can you please rank from one to two your weekly podcast co-hosts? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Alex the Virgin. Let's see what we have. Did uh, you know what his voicemail was? When you, you wanted to hear it? Well, I see it in the in the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, can I say my, much like when I rank the Seinfeld episodes, my list now is different than it was at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, so, what's it? But I, now I'm self-loathing, so I'm going to say number one, Scott St. Pierre. He's number one. Yes. Uh, Mike Moore, he could be two. Uh, I still have to put myself last, so I'll say Rob three and me four. <laughs> you're, that you, you, so you're, not, you're leaving Chester off the list. Well, he's not, in this, he's not a co-host of this podcast. Oh, I thought he wanted Oh, to oh, know. I'm sorry. He's asking me to rank you or him. I thought he yes. I thought he wanted me to rank Ooh, I mean, what, that, what me is, and you, which didn't make any sense. The but most Chester coming thing from Chester, ever? I figured yes. it was just like an Asperger's question. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean I could I could we could hear it again, the question just to be clear. No, I think you're Enough right. I'm me. sorry. My question is really for Akiva. Akiva, you like to make lists and rankings. So can you please rank from one to two your weekly podcast co hosts? Yeah. Oh man, this is this would have been much easier. Okay, so I, everything I said still makes sense. It just switch it. This would have been much easier beforehand. Yes, I'm going to go with uh, who has called me a self-loathing nerd the most recently. Uh, hold on, I'm going to ask Chester if I'm a self-loathing nerd, and if he gets back to me in the next few <laughs> I seconds, I mean it as a. I would have called, called painted myself with the same brush. Mm-hmm. Who's doing voicemails this week on the, on the Survivor Podcast? You are. Yeah, maybe find somebody else. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to get that upset. I thought that this, I had a good question about that. It seemed like you really disliked the nerd culture. No, you're right. I, after the self-loathing nerd stuff, it was, you know, then you said uh, this wasn't, you don't totally regret doing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, it, what else I, was good? I think that it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. But sure. I feel like that is that it has not been a uh, it has been a success, uh, a critical darling. OK, fair yes. enough. Yes. Listen, we have more five star ratings than uh, than most other podcasts. Am, so, OK, me and my self-loathing nerd, Alexander, I wouldn't describe you that way. All right. My ranking <laughs> one, Chester, two, Rob. End of episode. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> All right. Hashtag it up here for the 100th episode. So you don't want to go with hashtag uh, coolest nerd. Well, how about coolest nerd if you think I'm the coolest nerd? Self-loathing nerd if you think I'm a self-loathing nerd. Can it be or both? if you actually think I'm just cool, you could write something like that. Yeah, you can't be the coolest nerd, but also be a self-loathing nerd. Yeah, you could. You could maybe even mutually like, exclusive. No, you could be coolest self-loathing nerd. But then you're then the implication is that I'm not the coolest nerd. I'm just the coolest nerd who happens to also be self-loathing. I mean, are you saying that I am not self-loathing, but I I am a nerd, or I am self-loathing, but I am not a nerd? Well, I don't even think I'm a nerd. Okay, so that's what you're saying. So I, but but you are self-loathing. Put my wife in here. My <laughs> wife. I, are, if you're not self-loathing either, then that's fine too. I tried, I went to get my wife to see if she'd settle if I was a nerd or not. But oh, come in for one second. You can make your podcast debut. Okay. It's a yes or no question. Then you have to leave. You can't say anything bad. You can answer whatever you want. Come here, dude. Come. She's, she's being very shy. Just come here for one second. I call your wife, dude. Yes or no? Is Akiva a nerd? Hermit. A hermit. She says I'm a, a hermit. hermit. Okay. 
Why am I hermit? Because you live in this room and you never leave it. All right, goodbye. We had enough of you. Oh, man, I got no supporters here. <laughs> no, no, all right, goodbye. Close the door. <laughs> People coming at me from both sides. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, Akio, next again, it's the beard. It, I don't, it might be Robin Antonio Mazzaro. Could be Robin Mike Bloom. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend. All right. I thought we were just talking about stuff. I thought it was a safe place. L- the, listen, I needed a nerd trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, do you want people to weigh in on the comments or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I want people to weigh in. I want to hear people's opinions from what they, you know, you've heard. I'm, I try and be very honest on this podcast. I've told a lot of stories about my life the last hundred episodes. I feel like even though most people don't even know what I look like, I feel like they know me enough to make a, a uh, sophisticated decision on, on whether or not I'm a nerd. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Akiva, again, uh, I, I, I hope you had fun on this podcast, and I feel like uh, I feel like I yeah, did, a I bad did job. have fun on this podcast. I'd say most of the episodes were fun. Episode one was fun, and two was fun, mm-hmm. all the way, maybe even up until today. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> uh, I know. I, I really feel. I feel. I feel. I feel badly. I feel like this went. This went poorly. Well, no. Well, I think this was a fun episode. I think okay. this was. Uh, I thought I was afraid it would be boring because we weren't talking about an episode. But maybe that's the worst part. Maybe <laughs> talking about the episode is our is our weak spot. Right. Maybe the episode would have kept us back on track. And now this is really we really explored some things today. Listen, it's we have like two hours of podcasting tomorrow. To, we we could work out our issues. We'll no work. one will know what we're talking about, and they'll get very angry that yeah. we're talking about. I, uh, I just re- I have no I have no issues uh, that that I'm that I just, I'm hoping that I did not uh, make you make you upset. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. This is gone uh, very much like a podcast with Nicole, I have to say, today. <laughs> it's really... We're, we're not going to be on speaking terms by the yeah, end I'm of this. I'm sleeping on the couch, I think, uh, tonight for the, uh, the podcast, uh, the podcast. I don't know what the couch. equivalent of it is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that being said, all right. So, but, so the hashtag is cool nerd or what? Or self-loathing nerd, self-loathing or, nerd. or some combination, whatever, whatever you think. All right. Uh, good stuff. Thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre. I know you have your hands full with this one. Uh, also, thanks to Mike Moore, who also has his hands full with his recap. And thanks to Sean Falconer, uh, who does a great job with all of these uh, lists and stuff that he puts together and all these research projects. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Sean Falconer. Akiva is no longer has a Jets avatar, but he is at Keeve26. I'm at Rob Sister. What's coming up next, Akiva? We got the beard. The what beard. Did you tell us about it? You saw it already. Yes. It's a, good, it's a great episode. Oh, so we will talk about that. We're going to have an embarrassing off next week, right? Because uh, Jer- Jerry admits that he watches Melrose Place. So get your. How, oh, that's good. This is a good question for the uh, listeners. Yes. Um, send us your most embarrassing uh, sort of pop culture moments like, uh, you know, like I used to watch and, you know, a really embarrassing show or or, you know, or like, oh, this is my favorite movie and it's really dorky. Like send us some embarrassing stuff for our embarrassing off next week. All right. Sounds great. Uh, and also let us know what you thought about having voicemails in the show, if we should uh, make this into a thing as well, okay? Postshowrecaps.com, and uh, we do appreciate it if you leave us feedback and also uh, comments, all sorts of good stuff at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Uh, that would be nice if people for the 100th episode of Recap uh, gave us a star rating at uh, postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes, our iTunes page, right, Akiva? Yeah, give us some five-star ratings. It'll, make me, it'll cheer me up for next week. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.